really got to try on that left hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome once again to the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the weekly show that brings you news, reviews, great interviews, and so much more all about the world of rugby. I'm your host, David Lawrence. I'm an American rugby fan who follows the game wherever I can find it all over the globe. If you'd like to get in touch, well, I would love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter at of Scrum. I'm on Instagram at the Scrum of the Earth podcast. You can always just drop me an email as well at the Scrum of the Earth at gmail.com. Well, as you have no doubt, surmised by now this is not your regular weekly episode but is in fact yet another bonus episode today i am absolutely thrilled to introduce a first-time guest none other than mr bodine waka of my beloved free jacks mr waka kiora and welcome to the show how are you doing kiora um i'm doing really great um obviously just got back into the country uh back into boston um enjoying everything Loving, loving being back, and um, Boston's actually put on some pretty good damn weather, so I'm enjoying the sun um, over these last couple of weeks. You did seem to pick exactly the right time for that, too. You you missed the uh, the opening day snow game. Yeah, I heard it was a pretty a pretty um, awful um, day that day, but uh, hey, um, we can move on past the snow now. We can start enjoying some some sunny sunny weather. Yeah, it's great. It's going to be even hotter this weekend against Toronto. Yeah, I believe so. So uh, just for the record, am I all right to call you walks as we're talking here? Yeah, that's fine. Excellent. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. I do really appreciate your time. As you well know, Free Jacks fans were very excited for the news that you were returning. You know, how are you settling back into your home away from home here? Uh, it's been good. Um, I've uh, gotten, what, Saturday morning and uh, had... Had the Jacks Rangers um, boys and some of the fans uh, meet yep. me at the airport, which was pretty pretty wicked. And did uh, you have a hint? Did you get a clue about that ahead of time, or was that a complete surprise? I did get some messages from them, but um, okay. they weren't actually. They didn't really tell me that they're going to be there until I got to Chicago, and uh, one of the old um, Free Jacks boys, Pakeli, uh, he had sent me a screenshot saying um, the Jacks Rangers had put up on their. Uh, fan page to get everybody as much people down to the Boston airport yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, to greet me. Yeah. I, I had hoped to be there. It was actually, it was a big conversation actually, uh, Phil and you know, the Jacks Rangers and me and TK, we were all talking about it. The big question was, is that anti-rugby? Is it, is it not rugby values to, to show up for like one player when this is a team game? It, it was a big conversation back and forth, uh, but I, in the end, I wish I could have been there. It sounded pretty cool. Oh, I thought it was pretty epic. Uh, you know, coming back to Boston and and obviously having a great season last year, and and they, they them showing their support uh, while I had just arrived back in Boston. I thought it was really epic, to be fair. For sure, Phil's going to be out in Seattle, by the way, for that game in a couple of weeks. Oh, how good! He's excellent at traveling. Uh, I, I'm curious. So uh, Americans traditionally have a very hard time identifying Kiwi accents. 
So I'm wondering what is the best or what is the most common bad guess that people make when they meet you or when you're here? Uh, I'm kind of hoping that you'll say people think you're Australian. That's like a best case scenario. But my fear is they say, oh, are you British? <laughs> now, you nailed it on the head. Every time I'm talking to someone new, whether it's one of the fans or just a local out on the street and they hear my voice, they, the first thing they say is, you must be from Australia, um, which is kind of an insult because uh, we don't like to be known as Australians. Uh, but yeah, that's always the most common. Um, it's almost worse. You'd think it would be better if they were like, are you German? <laughs> I actually have been, um, I've actually been asked, am I from, I think it was Mexico, maybe or Italy or something. And I was, I was quite wow. shocked. I was like, I'd be, I definitely don't have an accent like a Mexican or Italian. <laughs> Just say yes. They'll yeah. go away quicker. I'd rather take yep. that than um, being Australian. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody in the world except Australians thinks that. <laughs> so what do you miss most about New Zealand when you're here in the United States? There must be like a, a food or something that's simply unavailable here. Do you ever ask people to send you things, you know, all the way from the Aotearoa? Um. No, I wouldn't say ask to send things, but I always do miss our traditional um, hangi that we cook um, back home. Nice. Um, it's basically, we cook it under the ground. It's, it's steamed and everything. Yeah, um, yeah. But, and you don't really often have that unless it's a rare occasion. So, yeah, that's probably one of the main things I miss. But other than food, obviously the family. <laughs> you know, being away from family for of course. six months of the year. Um it does get a little bit tough, but we're a pretty tight family. We always end up video calling on the Facebook Messenger. So I think it'll be one or two um, video calls a day. So we're pretty tight. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. It, well, the, the, the food I, that I have the impression is most popular in, in New Zealand, we definitely have here, KFC. It's all over the <laughs> – if you, if you watch the NBC or Super Rugby, you can't avoid the bucket heads and little yeah, stands yeah, and everything. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Um, I am curious. So in this stage of your career, you've played in New Zealand, obviously. You've played in the United States. You've played in Japan. I, I guess my question is, like, was that intentional? In other words, are you someone who said to himself, hey, I can use my rugby career to travel all over the world and see a huge variety of places and cultures? Or was it more just about simply taking opportunities as you saw them, regardless of where they were going to bring you? Well, for me, um, growing up, I'm obviously an all-black supporter. Um, I've always wanted to represent my country, so there was um, no thought about it um, that I wanted to go and play abroad. Uh, but obviously, getting a little bit older and and on the World Series as well, on the Seventh Circuit, you got to travel to 10 different countries a year, and you, you, got, yeah. a, you got a bit of a taste of you know what's outside of your comfort zone, which was New Zealand at the time. Um, and so I, ever since being on the World Series, I was like, hang on, I think I can go and um, get myself overseas and play a bit of footy and and at the time obviously um, hearing from other people that had gone abroad and just saying uh, financially it's really good as well I was like okay I'm pretty interested in getting overseas so I actually shot over to Australia before I went um, oh before I, I, came. I didn't know that yeah yeah I shot over to Australia um, to play to play uh, with the Rebels so I got asked to do a preseason in Super Rugby with them oh wow um, and so I, I did out, I played out their whole preseason, um, got a few games in, and then they put me up into Sydney in the Shoot Shield competition, which is a pretty decent competition. For sure. And then after that, I made my way back to New Zealand to play in the Heartland Cup, 
um, for Poverty Bay, nice. uh, which was which was really awesome because uh, obviously a lot of those players were my good friends from school. Um, so it was it was just like yeah, let's go back and enjoy some footy with my good old friends and enjoy that. And that's when I got approached about coming to the Major League Rugby um, in 2020 um, from TK and obviously from my agent at the time. Um, and at that at that time, I was I wasn't too interested in coming to USA because I'm mm. I didn't really know much about the rugby here. Uh, mm. Obviously, been here for the uh, Las Vegas Sevens and everything, but I didn't know too much about the Major League Rugby. But hey, I've been here for four years now, ever since. So it's been awesome, and I've loved it, and I'm proudly I would proudly call this my what second home now. Yeah, yeah. The the now defunct. Uh, Las Vegas Sevens. I'm told there are stories about that, but I don't know any of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of stories. I've been to the Las Vegas Sevens uh, three years now. Um, while I was back on the circuit, um, had the best time. Um, I actually had my 21st uh, in Las Vegas that year, my debut year. Oh my gosh. So I actually got to stay on in Vegas for extra three more days, two nights with a few friends and just enjoyed my 21st here and just wow. basically just partied the night and slept the day away. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I can't believe you're still alive. <laughs> that was awesome. So as you've obviously figured out, if you didn't already know, I'm, I'm one of those crazies. I'm a Free Jacks founding member, season ticket holder. I've only missed one home game in the Free Jacks history, and that's because I was scheduled to interview a USA 7 star and a World, uh, World Rugby Hall of Famer on that same day. Had to make that trade-off, but it hurt. Um, obviously, as a Free Jacks fan, I want to talk to you about your experience with our team, but if it's all right, I do want to go back a little bit before we get to that. Is that all right? Yeah, that's fine. So I'm somebody who watches, frankly, a stupid amount of rugby. So I was on the edge of my seat watching you when you won the NPC Premiership title with Waikato, which, by the way, was less than two years ago. It was November of 2021. Doesn't that seem like 6,000 years ago? It does actually feel like a quite a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, when I was looking up the dates, I was like, November? Wow, that's like that's only a year and a half. That's crazy. Now that you say it like that, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's actually not that long ago, but it does feel like a lifetime ago. Yeah. So, um, and and side note, I doubt you care about this much, but your Wikipedia page has no idea that you ever played for Waikato. Um, as soon as we end this call, are you going to log in and update that? I've never, ever logged into this Wikipedia thing. I don't know what goes on there or who <laughs> puts this all up. So uh, I'll, I'll be interested to go on and just have a look and see what's on there, to be, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, by the, time, by the time you get there, I might have updated it myself. We'll see. um so um you know in in prep for talking tonight i did go and rewatch the highlights from that championship final as i was preparing a couple of things jumped out the first of which was mitch jacobson was on your team and he started and had a really good game i I think he even played the full 80 how cool is it to be reunited with you know some of your former teammates like mitch all the way over here in the united states oh it's pretty awesome um i remember talking to the coaches last year and they, were, they had a few questions about a few people that they were interested in. His name popped up, and it just so happened to be after last year's season, I went back to Waikato just to do a bit of training with them, just to try and keep fit before I um, went over to Japan 
and I actually seen um, Mitch at the time, so I actually had a word with him, and he had a, he had a lot of questions about the place, and mm. I told him I basically just laid it down. I said, "Mate, you want to get over there? Uh, good setup, good people, good competition. Um, you have a blast, and it's a, and it's a good experience. Uh, it's obviously good to reignite with uh, with Mitch because he's a he's a high quality player. He's doing great this year. It's really been fun." I, I talked to him before the season started and he pulled the old, well, I don't know. Hopefully I'll get into the 23 at some point. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. We know. <laughs> <laughs> so in that same match, I noticed actually playing against you, playing for Tasman was Lester Fyinga Anuku. Did you have a sense even back then how good he would be? Uh, uh, of course I said way back then as if it wasn't a year and a half ago. <laughs> no, um, I've seen Lester play for a number of years now and, Every year he's just gotten better, and and you could tell by how Tasman had been performing the previous years. I think they went the year before undefeated throughout the competition and won yep. the premiership. And it was playing throughout that whole season. It was a no-brainer that we we're going to um, meet Tasman in the in the final again. He's uh, he's obviously a great player, and and you can, you look at him now. He's obviously made a name for himself, and he's cemented a spot in the New Zealand All Black side. So. Um, yeah, even in that final, um, we could tell there was going to be some great things from this guy, and and it just goes to show that a lot of hard work pays off. So I had another incredible sighting during that match. Mitch Hunt, of course, was also playing for Tasman. He's, of course, playing for the first team that I ever followed, the Highlanders, who are bad this year. They're desperately <laughs> poor this year. I, I, I don't know how much Super Rugby you were able to watch at all, but, you know, can you please tell me what's wrong with my landers this year? Uh, I haven't really been following much of the Highlanders this year. I'm I'm a Chiefs man. Yeah. Smart um, man. Smart man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Chiefs man and I've always been a Chiefs man. And um yeah, I, I feel sorry for those Highlanders boys. Um, you know, they they actually one of my good friends actually went down to the Highlanders um for preseason um to join up with them. He was actually coming to the Free Jacks. Um, but then he got a, a, a late call in to, as an injury re- uh, replacement oh. um, uh, for the Highlanders. And so he went down and he was basically telling me how brutal their trainings are. I'm, I'm pretty sure their trainings are that hard. Their preseason trainings are that hard that they injured themselves before the season even starts. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're, they're down four locks right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like I said, I haven't been really following the Highlanders as much. Um but yeah, I don't know those boys. Yeah, they're having a tough season. But I think when all those younger boys start growing into professional rugby players, I think they're probably going to be a team to watch out for in the near future. Well, they'll be missing Aaron Smith next year for sure. But um, you mentioned you're a Chiefs fan. That actually brings me right to my very next question. You know, this year is it business as usual? Is it another Crusaders championship? The Chiefs. They seem to have something special this year. Damien McKenzie, he's come up on another level, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, I think they recruited really well, and and a lot of their players have been in the setup for a number of years now, and all their um, experienced boys, the, the likes of their All Blacks um, guys like Brady Retallick, and obviously, like you said, Damien McKenzie, um, they're really pulling the strings, and you can tell they're, I think they're 9-1 at the moment. I'm kind yep. of, I don't know what their record is, but uh, they're – that just goes to show how much rugby I've been watching back home. I don't even know how much games they've won, but um, no, they're doing really well. They've got a good um, coaching crew, good boys. Um, their team culture, from what I hear, is 
is, is amazing. So when you obviously got a good team culture like that, it, it, the results end up falling your way. So, I mean, you've already said you're not paying strict attention to it this year, but, you know, as somebody who consumes a ton of rugby content, I'm just curious about your impressions of Super Rugby, like, as a league, I guess. It, is that competition broken right now? Like, to me, it, it's still my favorite competition. It's the first one I started following, so it's still my favorite. If you listen to New Zealand, you know, podcasts and read the articles, the perspective is always, hey, this is a great competition. But if you listen to Australian, you know, content – yeah. It's more and more becoming like, screw this, guys. Why do we keep showing up to lose over and over? It's it's a much more negative vibe. I hear a lot of people saying things were better during that weird period when it was just Super Rugby Australia as opposed yeah. to Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, I mean, do you even think about or worry about these kinds of things? Like, do you have any thoughts on the future of Super Rugby? Yeah, I think it's kind of gone, taken a backward step since South Africa left the competition. Mm. Uh, and I watching it when I was living back in New Zealand, that's where the competition was between New Zealand, South Africa and Australia, even when the Haguaris were in the competition, to be fair. Um, but I don't think it's dying or anything at this point. I think it's just going to get stronger. Well, I hope it does anyways, for the sake of um, rugby back in New Zealand and Australia, because yeah. um, they're obviously top one or tier one nation. So, yeah, it, it would be sad to see the, um, the competition die down um, and obviously see Australia and New Zealand start um, delivering some poor performances. So hopefully it doesn't die down as much, but I, I hope that it only just gets um, um, stronger. Yeah, like the South African teams left and it felt like there was a void. And then when South African teams joined the URC, somehow that felt more final, like, oh, they're never coming back. And just, I don't know, that hurt. <laughs> well, it definitely hurt because it was always fun to watch um, the big Safa boys go up against the New Zealand, the Kiwi yeah. boys and the Aussies. Um, but hey, the, the rugby competition at the moment is still going good. It's still some exciting rugby. You see the likes of Moana Pacifica who are, came in last year and the Fijian Drew who came in and and they and they'd been putting up some um, upsets as well. You see the Drew boys got over the Crusaders and then the Hurricanes. So it's 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 still getting it's still um growing. When the when the and Drew are at home, it's completely different. Like if you think you're gonna go to Suva and get a, an easy win, guess what? Yeah, you got something coming because it's crazy how those boys can run around in that heat. Um, for 80 minutes it's yeah <laughs> okay so back to this incredible final match that you were in I'm pretty sure you came into that match wearing 23 you came in around 68 minutes um, what, what are some of your memories for that incredible night it must have like as you said Tasman were favored I would think uh, to repeat and then you came in and took them out not by much either it was a really close intense match what are some of your memories from that amazing night oh one of my the fondest memories would be probably the as soon as I got on the field, we had we had a call that um was to get the ball out to me and kick it down the field. But uh, I've been watching for what, 68 minutes, so I did not want to kick the ball away. I wanted to try and run, but I got a good shoulder shoulder charge and um from the Fijian winger who really rocked me, and it was it was quite funny at the time because <laughs> the boys were just giving me so much stick for it they're like you we told you we should have just kicked the ball you should have like, 
Note to self, kick it. At the time, I was just like, no, I want to run. But then afterwards, I was like, yeah, I should have probably kicked the ball. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But then I guess the best um, feeling was once you hear that whistle blow um, and we had won the championship, uh, it was pretty a pretty memorable moment. What do you remember less of the celebration after winning that championship or your 21st birthday in Las Vegas? Oh, probably the 21st birthday in Las Vegas. Cause there was, there was a lot of alcohol. <laughs> I kind of hope so. I feel like that, that, that has to be <laughs> a lot of alcohol. Can say. <laughs> so of course I was doing my typical half-assed research. Um, I had a hard time finding these kinds of results though. I know that you, we already mentioned you played for the sevens for New Zealand and of course, they win like every year. But like, did you find much success playing with them? Um, I wasn't actually, really watching sevens then, so. <laughs> uh, we actually went through a little rough patch at the time when I had joined um, with the, we had like three new coaches um, during my time there with Sir Gordon Titchens, um, leaving, the, leaving New Zealand to go and coach Samoa. Then we had to bring in um Scott Waldrum as an interim coach who tried to, you know, um, try and take over, which didn't kind of work out um, for us. And then, so they really had to look around again to try and find another coach. And they ended up getting um, Clark Laylor, who's the current coach at the moment. So yeah. it was it was a pretty tough time during my three seasons with them, just with the chopping and changing of coaches and not being able to get a team that um, was real stable and real connected. Um, but in saying that, I enjoyed every moment of it, um, all the traveling you got to do, um, all the sightseeing and just the friendship you made throughout those years. So you got to play in Hong Kong. You, you must have at least once, right? Yeah, I played Hong Kong two or three times. Yeah. Wow. That was amazing. I'm, 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 told, I'm told that's one of the greatest experiences you can have to, think, to be there in the yeah. South Stand. Uh, I've never been a part of the South Stand, but playing on the field. Um, looking at the south stand, it looks like it's hectic in there. <laughs> uh, so it's been just over a year since you and I really got to chat at all. April last year, we get to, we got to talk a little bit at the founding members appreciation night. I, I might be having the name wrong, but um, I was asking you about transitioning from playing mostly fullback to first five eighths. It was really interesting. You basically said, you know, you weren't sure about it at first, but you sort of grew into it. And by the time I was talking to you, you had come to love the chance to sort of run the show from that 10 spot. Is that still the case? Do you have a preferred position? Yep. I still prefer 10. 10's um, my number one position now. That's where I enjoyed playing it the most. Um, but in my case for this season, it's just wherever the coaches need me. Um, we've got mm. a really good team this year. He's he's been steering the ship really well. So it's there's it's a no brainer not to keep him there. So um, uh, yeah, you might see me at ten this week or maybe at fifteen. We'll, we'll find out. That's pretty great. Uh, yeah, J- Jason Matras. He has exceeded expectations. I would say this year, especially considering coming off an injury coming in with a teeny tiny baby to a new country like and then yeah. the first game i think he played 78 maybe 79 minutes or something crazy and he's just he's been killing it for us it's been great no he's 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 stepped in really well um um this year and he's really controlled the game and you can tell you the results take care of itself like we're sitting number one on the eastern conference and i think we may be sitting second in the mlr um competition so now he's done a really good job 
considering that he had come in with a few niggles. He's had a newborn. He's probably still got another few more niggles. Um, but no, he's, he's, he's done a really good job this year. Um, getting back to what we were saying about, you know, your preference for a position. I'm just a question I'm often curious about is do all players have a, you know, an ideal, a best natural position I'm thinking in particular about like utility backs, players who can cover 10, they can cover 15, maybe they get slotted in at wing, occasionally a center spot. There's players like you, we already mentioned Damian McKenzie, you know, even Bowden Barrett has gotten moved around quite a bit. Is it possible to be equally good at all these different positions or does everyone have sort of a sweet spot? Um, I guess everyone's got sort of a sweet spot, but I guess the way I think about it is that I actually like being a utility back because that just means you got more chance of making the team. Mm. Um, whereas if you're covering just one position and you're not performing as well, or if you got in, some injuries, it's it's quite hard to you know to try and get back into that position. So I don't mind being a utility back. I prefer to play ten, but I'm also happy to to fill in anywhere else. Just and then it makes your chances of playing in the 15 or in the 23-man squad, um, the chances are a lot higher. Well, I'm pioneering a new position called the futility back, where I just can't do anything. <laughs> the futility back. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the kind of obvious follow-up question to that one, though, is uh, are there players who, who sort of go their whole careers without ever finding that ideal position? Have you ever known anyone who you feel like, man, if coach just said, let's try to move you over to this spot, maybe you'd find some more success or am I just making stuff up? Uh, I've never crossed paths with anybody um, like that, to be fair. Good coaches would figure it out, right? Yeah, well, exactly. Um, If you've got a coach that can't figure something like that out, I don't think they should be coaching any any sort of team. (laughs) (laughs) Except Australia, no. They obviously haven't done their homework. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... The fact is, you're here, you're back in town. What was it like seeing a lot of the guys from last year, reconnecting with Coach Matthew, setting foot back at Freejacks HQ? And what do you think of some of the upgrades they've made to the facility in the off-season, by the way? Oh, what they've done this year is is pretty amazing. The facilities um, at the Mint, where we're based, um, is primo. Uh, I remember, remember getting photos sent to me and little snippets of what it looked like, but to be able to walk back into the facility um, and the first thing you see is a big picture of me up on the wall is pretty amazing. Um, uh, that must be eerie. Done, <laughs> it's very eerie. Um, yeah, what they've done this year is, um, has been pretty pretty epic and and to come back and reignite with some of the boys from last year and, then, and the coaches as well. And even last week, being back at my first home game, I obviously didn't play, but I was walking around the sideline and just catching up with so much people that um, mm. they were stopping me and just obviously saying thank you for coming back and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I was one of those people. And you got to sit <laughs> in the, the traditional Free Jack section. I think that was your first time sitting there in the stands and watching at least some of the game. Yeah, that, that actually was um, my first time sitting in the stands. And then, and it, I, oh, it's pretty amazing to actually be a part of the crowd cheering on the boys. Um Obviously, want to be out on the field, but when I'm not, I definitely know where I'm going to be sitting next time. Well, back at the Mint, there's a minor detail you may or may not have noticed. Have you seen the little tiny model of Fort Quincy in the little conference room down by the gym? 
Yes, I actually have seen it. It's in the um, I made the that. Room. Yeah. Oh, that, that looks actually. That's really sick. That's awesome. <laughs> I made that. I gave it to TK at one point, and uh, when I was talking to Mike Rogers, he said, "I'm so glad that thing is there because, like, if it's a really boring meeting, I just stare at it and I just start <laughs> thinking about the stadium." Yeah, it's basically just sitting right in the middle of the conference um, table or conference room on the table. I love that. Uh, so anyway, uh, what are the what are some of the other differences you've noticed with the team this year? You already talked about the facilities, but what about the team itself? Um, there's obviously several new faces. Do you think the culture has changed for the Free Jacks at all? Uh, I don't think the culture's changed. Obviously, we've got a lot of Canadian boys um, down um, with us. I think there's about 12 of them. Um, mm. But no, it's good having them along because for me, I feel like it's, it's not that hard to... Um, create a good team culture especially when everyone's well known with each other so obviously we got all the boys from last year who are still back this year um we've really got that um connection and that bond so it wasn't really that hard to i guess bring in these canadian boys because they already know each other so they've got their connection and bond so it was just basically we just rub off on each other um and yeah the, the the team culture this year is pretty pretty amazing like um I think when I, the first time I got here, normally I'm a pretty um, shy person. I'm like, ah, oh, hello, how's things? But no, these boys really got stuck into me. They obviously remember me from last year and everything. So, and it was just really easy to get along with them. So, no, it was good to come come and meet these new guys and obviously see the old old boys as well. Is it annoying how polite the Canadians are? I, I do think you should have some internal contest where it's like, okay, whoever says sorry the most in one day has to do some sort of punishment. I haven't even heard them say anything like that, so I have to keep my ears open <laughs> tomorrow's training. Oh, interesting. Maybe they're different Canadians than I'm used to. Yeah, probably. Um, so as an observer, I feel like the Free Jacks get better every single year. I think that's true also of Major League Rugby overall. Do you agree with that? Do you think MLR is headed in the right direction right now? Well, from when I started to now, the competition – competition has has grown dramatically um i can only speak on behalf of the free jacks um and it started from 2020 where the rugby wasn't as great and i was sort of questioning myself should i be here but it was every year that i've kept coming back it's just gotten better and better i'm just like well i can see myself being here a lot longer now um just with the caliber of players um not just the free jacks, but every other team in the competition are bringing over and just um, making the competition a lot, a lot harder and, and a lot more fun, I guess, as well. So no, I, I definitely think the major league rugby competition is heading in the right direction. So you and the New England free jacks, you've got four more games this regular season, three days, three days from now, you'll be back at Fort Quincy taking on Toronto. The last time we played them, of course, I'm going to call this we, uh, <laughs> we put an historic beat down on them, like setting multiple embarrassing records, you know, as a player, like, so what do you think that does to the mentality of a team? Do you imagine that those arrows players are thinking a, Ooh, they're, they'll, they'll pay for that. We're going to get our revenge or B. Oh God. I can't believe we have to play those guys again. We are boned. Um, uh, I, for myself, I don't think I've been a part of a team where I've got um, doubts like that before and been like, oh, no, we've got to play these guys again. It, for me, it's like, a, 
all right, we're at the challenge is set. Let's really get stuck in. And you can tell, by the way, Toronto's been playing this uh, from that game since. Yeah. Um, they've they've been putting up some quality performances. Um, they they got up against. Oh no, sorry. I think they drew against Atlanta, uh, who are a really strong side. And then they also drew against Washington, who's actually a yeah. quite a decent side. So, I Two mean, in I a think row. yeah. So I think they I think they'll be up for the challenge. I don't think they'll be taking a backward step. Um, I, I definitely think they've got some revenge um, against us this weekend. So I think we'll be in for a good one. People like to say you learn more from losing than you do from winning. Do you think that's true? Like, do you think the arrows are able to say, okay, look at all these things we did wrong. And now we have all these work ons that we can correct. Whereas you guys are like, Hey, all we have to do is pass and run. <laughs> um I, I can't speak on behalf of Toronto, but I'm sure they've definitely done their homework, um, especially after a performance they put out against um, the Free Jacks boys um, a few weeks back. So I think you'll see a different side this weekend um, from the Toronto boys. I think so. So, of course, after this weekend, you've got perhaps the toughest road trip of the year, flying down to Atlanta before heading to the opposite side of the country all the way over to Seattle. You know, is managing a difficult swing like that something the team talks about a lot? Or is that kind of behind the scenes? I know TK kind of handles all that stuff, but are there team discussions where you say, this is how we're going to handle it? This is our our plan? You know, what goes into the preparations for you as a player when you've got these kinds of crazy miles involved? Um, I don't think we look that far to ahead. I, I, I'll say the management would look that far. Um, mm. But as players, um, I don't think we really worry about that sort of stuff. Um, we've got a lot of foreign people in, in our team and they're probably more excited to do these away trips more than anything. I know it's awesome to play in front of uh, um, our, our fans who who are pretty crazy out there and that really gets behind us, but some of these boys are actually looking forward to these away trips as well because they get to go and visit some amazing places. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, I, I guess TK and then we'll we'll be sorting all that sort of stuff out. But I guess for us, we just take it week by week, game by um, game. So we'll just try and get through this week and then worry about the road trip next week and then the big one um, to Seattle the week after. So after that big trip, of course, you get to end the regular season back here at home. It's a long way from Washington State. When you get back, you'll be facing a Houston team that has looked pretty dangerous at times this year, especially earlier on. You know, what are the keys for you to finishing this season the way all of us want to? What do you need to do to, to get the best possible chances of heading into the playoffs? And, you know, uh, how do you see closing out this season the right way? I think the boys just got to make sure we don't look too far ahead of ourselves. Um, I just said it just before, we got to focus um, every game week by week. So let's, I, I think... We just got to probably not worry about the end result where we could be finishing and just worry about this is what we got this week. This is what we got next week. And let's just focus on the, on these next two weeks. And then we can worry about heading into the back end of the season and seeing where we finished up. But I think if we can do a job um, this week and next week, I think um, our, our um, Eastern Conference final playoff, um, well, the top of the table, I should say, um, would be pretty cemented. I think so. I was tempted to do the math and then I crapped out on it just before we started. <laughs> um, as we've already said last year, the season didn't end the way any of us wanted to. Um, I've already asked about lessons you learned from losing rather than winning. Um, 
are there things you took to heart from that that game? Like how how tough of a loss that was, was that for you against New York? I took it pretty personal. Um, no, you know that rivalry between Boston and New York is is a pretty big rivalry. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty tough for me, and and to to go down like the way we did. We had an absolute amazing season, um, and then to fall short like that to a team that we knew we were capable of beating. Um, yeah, it was pretty tough to take on the chin, but um, like it's it's only learning. So for this year, we can really when we head back into that situation, we can always be like, hey, we've been here before. We know what to what to what to fix here, what to fix there, and. Um, Hopefully take it to the to an, for, take it to another week and then hopefully be lifting that shield. Of course, this year no Nihi Milner Scudder, no Waisaki Naholo. <laughs> Am I th- overthinking the impact those guys had for New York last year? Oh, they played a big part in uh, in in their success. Um, quality players um, yeah. from back home, good friends of mine as well. So. Um, I probably was giving them a little bit too much stick the first two games when we beat them, so they really got it back on me um, after beating us in that um, <laughs> Eastern Conference final. Um, but hey, um, they they are big losses for New York this year. Um, um, but hey, who knows? Anyone can turn up on the day, as you can as you can tell what happened last year to us. Yeah, um, and really take it all, take it all the way, really. I was already a big fan of both those players. It really hurt me to see them on the on the team I hate most. And like <laughs> I, I remember back in New Zealand, like the 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 crowd would get into the why sucky no, and I was like, oh, should I start doing that? Oh wait, I'm not rooting for those guys. <laughs> 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 Bodine Waka, this has been a super huge treat. Uh, again, thank you so much for your time and insights. Can I hit you with just a, a few rapid fire questions just to bring this thing home? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, these are all sort of short, short form answer. They don't have to be one word or anything, but just you know, quick and succinct gut reactions. Um, starting with a weird one. What was the first thing that put a smile on your face when you came back to Boston? We may have already talked about it. <laughs> uh, the first thing that uh, put a smile on my face was coming back to see the fans. To be honest, um, I couldn't yeah. wait to see them. They were they were amazing last year and. Uh, it was pretty awesome to see them out again this uh, last weekend. Who is the best player that you have faced in the MLR? Someone who sort of probably like plays your opposite number and has really given you a hard time out there. Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, you can say nobody. <laughs> no, no, there's been a lot of tough players out there. Um, I'm just trying to pick one off the top of my head. Um, I have to go with the LA team last year. Um, mm. Billy Meeks was outstanding um, with the oh. Giltinis. Um, yep. Obviously knew him from down with the Rebels when I was down in Melbourne um, in Australia. Uh, but yeah, he, he played a, a vital part in the LA's success in their first year. And then obviously they didn't do too well last year with what happened to their team. Poof! <laughs> so what's the next best sport to rugby? And you can't say sevens because I'm including that. Next best sport, I'm going to have to go NBA. Okay. Yeah, I love my Do the Celtics NBA. have a chance tonight? I've just added that question. <laughs> oh, I, I might, if you're watching the Celtics, I might be making you miss them right now, actually, now that I think about it. I think they played last night, so I think they should be on tomorrow night. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, well, that's right. It was the, um, the desperation win. 
I gotta gotta keep the faith. Gotta hope the Celtics get up. The Red Sox have done it. They've been down three three zip and and come back. So we'll see. <laughs> um, if you got invited to a cookout by one of your current teammates, who would you want that invitation to come from? Who do you most trust to grill up something great? Ooh. I feel like it's going to be Joel Hintz. I don't know why. I haven't been over there for dinner. I heard they do dinners a lot over there, but I actually haven't been invited yet, which is pretty sad. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to have to go maybe with Joe Johnson. Uh, he, he cooks up a pretty decent meal. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Uh, who is the biggest goof on the squad this year? Oh, no one but like the pest, Jesse Parete. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love that. <laughs> I feel like he's one person on the field, and as soon as he comes off, he's a completely different person. <laughs> uh, which Free Jack is hardest to make laugh? A new one from last year who had been with us for three years, but he's not with us anymore. Um, oh, it was hard. <laughs> now, we've got some characters in our team. I don't think we've got any... Serious people. Maybe Connor Keys looks like a, a bit of a serious guy. Um, <laughs> but I have seen him put out a smile. So on a scale of one to one million, how proud were you of your sister when she won a World Cup last November? Minus one million. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was one million. Typical brother. Like, super proud. Um, proud brother moment. Uh, no it's the pinnacle of rugby, um, you know, going to a World Cup and then bringing home um, the gold medal and the trophy and everything. So, yeah, and no, I was super proud of it. And, and you were over there for the final, right? Yeah, I actually, it actually worked in pretty well with um, my week off in Japan. So I actually got to fly back for the final and um, watch her do her thing. What a scene that must have been. Oh, it was epic. I've never That was actually my first game watching at Eden Park. I've played there a few times, but I haven't really watched uh, a game oh. there. And the things there was crazy. It was jammed. Yeah, that was good. So will the popularity of the sevens game translate into popularity of 15s here in the United States? You know, people like to say sevens is the gateway to rugby union. Do you think that's true? Do you think that's maybe a key for increasing the popularity here in the United States? Well, I'm, if I'm speaking... Um, on behalf of New Zealand, I think it is. Um, if you look at a lot of the current All Blacks or ex All Blacks, most of them have all come through the um, All Black Sevens mm. environment, um, except for the tidies, the big boys. Um, but yeah, the back threes, even a couple of locks. Um, and You're saying Tokiaho didn't play much sevens? Are you kidding? Oh, he could fit into the sevens um, environment pretty easy. That guy's a wrecking ball. <laughs> he would just like his gravity would just force people to come towards him. Then he would just shed them. Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. Final two questions. How do New Zealand fare in the upcoming men's world cup in France? It's only four months away now. Nobody's talking uh, about them. Everyone's talking about France. Everyone's talking about Ireland. There's yeah. a little South Africa chat. Nobody's even talking about the all blacks. Yeah, they've, they've had it pretty tough the, the last year or two. Um, and now that they've announced a new coach and everything, um, I, I'm an All Blacks fan, All Black diehard. So I, I'm always going to keep my faith and be like, yeah, the All Blacks are going to take it out or win it. Um, but yeah, it's hard to say 
what how they're gonna go because yeah, all these lot of all these other nations have really um, stood up and put up um, I guess some quality rugby. So I think it's gonna be a tough one for the All Blacks, but at the same mm. time it's gonna be it's gonna be entertaining for everyone to be watching because there's not really one dominant team now. There's a there's a few teams that are actually um, that are actually quality um, teams that's gonna put their best foot forward. Yeah, it feels like there's no longer like a two, a two, and then everybody else. It feels like there's a tight like four or five who are all yeah. equally dangerous right up there. Was that a weird yeah. move by New Zealand telling their coach, by the way, we don't want you after this World Cup, but you're staying for the World Cup? <laughs> yeah, I actually thought that was pretty weird. Um, and but at the same time, um, well, actually, to be fair, I, I don't, I haven't been really following much news about the All Blacks and the coaching crew and all that, but. Yeah, I, I think for Fozzie, it's a, it's a pretty tough one to take on the chin, just being like, oh, yeah, you're getting sacked after the World Cup, basically. Yeah, it seems really weird. I don't, I, I have no idea what that does with his relationship with the players, if they're like, we don't have to listen to you anymore, or if they're like, we're doing this for you. Well, I've got a few mates in the squad, um, and talking to them, um, they said the boys backed Fozzie. Um, cause I think after the South Africa test, um, they were actually getting rid of him, mm. uh, as the head coach, but it was actually the players that stood in and said, no, we want him to stay, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I know the boys are backing him hundred percent. Um, so yeah, we'll, f- I guess we'll find out at the world cup, how they really go. I know it seems like a bit of a raw deal. Okay. Final question. Who wins the MLR shield this year and why is the answer the free jacks? Well, that's the most silliest question I've heard. We're always going to put our hands up and be like, of course, us. Um, but why? Well, you can just look at our season, the way we've been going. Um, at the same time, San Diego's been doing really well as well. Uh, They're very but, good. hey, we've got to back ourselves, eh? You can't be backing any other team. Otherwise, I probably won't have a job here again after this season <laughs> if I'm going for any other team. I think I read that you're signed for a couple more years, so you might have no choice. Well, who knows? Could potentially um, get that contract torn up and be like, "See you later." <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think uh, Mags is going to turn out to have been doing shady things with the salary cap or anything. So I don't think we're going to get wound up by the league. No, nah, we should be right. <laughs> Bodine, Roger, Tuanui Waka. This has been so much fun. You are a class act for taking a bit of time to chat here on the scrum of the earth. Any final thoughts before we let you go? I, I know I took you in seven, 17 different directions. Any, any last thoughts? Nah, um, thanks for having me. I uh, appreciate it. Sorry I couldn't get back to you last week, but um, I'm glad I got I got on tonight and um, had this uh, chat with you. It's been awesome. Um, so yeah, thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been fantastic. My friend, I will see you in Quincy on Saturday. Good luck to you and the boys. I know it's going to be a great day. Um, I, I saw the there was an email today to founding members about how much the uh, like the S and C coaches are working on just keeping everyone hydrated for the, what's going to be the hottest day of the year uh, in yeah. this competition, at least. Uh, so as a fan, it's going to be great to be baking in the sun. Uh, you guys, it's going to be a tough one, but I know we can do it. Ah, we'll definitely put out a performance for the for the crowd to be happy about again. My friend, so good to talk to you. Thank you again for your time. Cheers. And of course, be well. Thank you very much.